to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Voice for Men podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Have no idea where you ended up. Find your way to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And we are still teleconferencing from areas right around Sugarland. And uh, we have been in the study of Daniel, and boy, I'm so glad that uh, we had the study of Daniel with the Man Up group, because this is the No Church Answers Tour, and I needed the help. And so I'm glad all you guys have been able to participate, and glad that you are here as well. You might have found us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcasts archived, uh, Facebook. We have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. And we're even on pray.com. So glad you found us. Like I said, we've been in Daniel. This has been, uh, this is lesson 14. And it's great that we have uh, the whole group together. Um, you may not identify with any particular one of us. And that's why I introduced not only by the names, but because we are audio, so you can recognize us, but also kind of our avocations, our interests, and what we do on the side. My name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host. Typically, I'm the director of Man Up, a adult Bible fellowship at Sugarland Baptist Church. But since we're in the COVID uh, quarantine, uh, I'm hosting the podcast, which we're coming up on our fourth year. This is uh, number podcast number 170. And our producer of the show, he is a professional policy writer and also a bit of a professional gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey. And Hello, we, yes, and we also have a world-class trainer, uh, kind of like the class theologian, Mr. Robert Koshu is here. And you can have a... Uh, can't have anything in this uh, society without having an attorney, and we have one. He's a great one. Uh, he's also a prosecutor, so he can defend you or throw the book at you. That's Mr. Michael Cropper. Yeah. And back with an excused absence uh, from helping his mom uh, through some hurricane damage, he is uh, an insurance broker. But he also is a class deacon, great guy, a coon ass, and we say that with affection, uh, Mr. Kyle Trahan, and he's here as well. Like I said before, we are in, uh, we're fin- actually finishing up, Daniel. Uh, this is lesson 14. And just like to go around and get uh, a brief overview uh, from the fellas about that and start with uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Thanks. Um- Well, this really wraps up a vision that started in chapter 10, runs chapter 10, 11, and 12, 
And last week, well, the last two, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. And this, and this wraps it up. And again, we got some uh, mysterious visions of angels and a man in white linen. And it wouldn't be complete if we didn't throw in some numbers and numerology. But I think it boils down to, and I've been saying this for the past few weeks, uh, the simplest explanation is possible. Um, not get to not get bogged down on this. And I think at the end of the day, this not only is it about spiritual warfare, but really the stakes are hope versus hopelessness and meaning versus meaninglessness, which is which is ironic because we had that interregnum about 15 weeks ago where we did a did a, just a short look at Ecclesiastes and you know, all is meaningless, but I think, and, and that's, that, that there's, that, that's a separate subject, but this is, I think, the essence um, of what this book was trying to, com what was, not, what was communicating not only the people of the second century uh, Israel, uh, but today, uh, a hope versus hopelessness, meaning versus meaninglessness. Excellent. Professor. So, we're in the final one, so once again, approach with humbleness and fear as we approach this. This one is a little different, though, because it ends the message, and it really has two verses in particular. Verse 3 and verse 13 are the men mess or the man message in this when you look at it, and so we'll definitely talk about that. Excellent. Judge. Yeah, hey, Robert, I thought that 3 and 13 was addressed to everybody. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> not the man. <laughs> I know that. I'm, I'm kidding. You. No, no. Robert points out two of the most strategic or most uh, valuable verses in the passage. I agree with you, Robert. It's great. Um, and, and, of course, Steve mentioned that we are coming out. There is the Today's text, will, to me, is about eternal life. I, I like that part of it so much, uh, and it identifies with us. and and presents a lot of what we already study in the New Testament. I think that's phenomenal. It does mix it up with some of the characters or persons who have appeared in our last lessons, and uh, we will talk about those. Um, also, it's great because in our past visions with Daniel have been all about war, and this is such a breath of fresh air to be talking about where our hope and our eternity lies. Good, Bill. Excellent. Kyle? Kyle Trahan. You know, I think most of you, if you've been following along, know I've kind of struggled through Daniel a little bit on some of the back half of it. You know, the standard stories we know, you know, the uh, lion den and, you know, uh, being thrown into the pit and, and everything, the fire. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, this one is, is a little different and interesting. You know, it kind of uh, – runs to the end times and revelations and the things to come. And, uh, you know, I, I recently watched a movie on that and, uh, you know, I've read revelations, which will scare the tar out of you if you really read it. And, uh, this kind of alludes to a little bit, but, uh, I'm sure we'll get further into it. It's a, an interesting story or lesson. Uh, yeah, and we're getting ready to uh, read the scripture lesson. And I was struck by something that Steve said, hope versus hopefulness. 
And, you know, uh, but when you think about it, I mean, what else do you have? Well, I mean, what other options are there? And just think about it. If, uh, if you're not hopeful and you end up getting nothing, do you, think, do you get a prize? Wow, I won. I expected nothing and I got nothing. Just just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. Daniel 12, 1 through 13. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up the seal, the words of the scroll, until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand towards the heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times and half a time, when the power of the holy people have finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the end of time. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice was abolished, and the abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. You know, Steve, Steve mentioned something, and I, I kind of want to throw it out to let, let's start kicking around a little bit. And it does end in hope. Verse 3 in particular talks about it. And I'll throw out, hope is everything, and having hope in Christ is even more so than everything. And and I'm going to throw this out as the example. And, and I, I've seen multitude of statistics talking about the rise in depression, the rise in alcoholism and drug abuse, um, children being abused. The divorce rate has actually skyrocketed during the pandemic. 
and I'm going to throw out that part of that is because there was no hope because it, it, it started with a 15 day pause to slow the spread, flatten, whatever phrase you want to use that if I never hear again after 2020 will be too soon. And it generated into lockdown after forever. And I don't want to debate whether that was right or not, but I want to talk about the fact that we've been stuck in this, you know, this is the 27th week we've recorded online, not been together and recorded. This is my 26th week of not going to my office. I was telling Steve before we began that I'm actually starting back at the office next week, half time, two days a week. And it, it, this is a significant change in, in that hopelessness that Daniel's feeling. And then he's told, hey, it's okay. Because the things are, that you have seen and heard are coming about because God has purposed it this way, the verse three, and it's going to be this way forever. And so then it starts moving on into a new way. So, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I thought that really spoke highly, especially when you brought it up, Steve, because we've, we've talked about that a couple of times where when you get stuck with hope, what you don't have. You know, a lot of hope has to do with whether we're able to keep busy or not, too, Robert. Right? You guys know I go into work, but there are a lot of my prosecutors that are moved out into another building. So, so yes, I can see, uh, I would imagine that, that um, people committing suicide has increased a tremendous rate either. I have not looked that up, but, but yes, hope has to do and, and a lot with how you control your mind. And, and, and we can, it's much easier to control our mind when we're busy, especially when we're doing things that we like doing and things that are good. For instance, the podcast here. Uh, I know you guys study, Robert, you teach, Steve, you teach. Um, I like to read the, 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 the material for the podcast several times before we get here, and I like to make notes on it. And, and I like that. So I, I can't imagine what it's like out there if the people are going through the pandemic and number one, they're not working. Number two, they're not keeping themselves occupied and, and, and not doing anything that they like to do. I can understand the staggering statistics with alcoholism and the divorce rate and everything like that. It would be very appropriate for people who are not keeping themselves busy doing things they like to do because that in turn gives you hope. And that's one of the, one of the, um, one of the things that, that is very, very necessary and important for hope. And um, boy, I'll tell you what, reading this on that, like you said, verse three and verse 13, and then we go back in the first six verses where uh, the book of life is talked about and the people who are wise, we all know who that is. Uh, folks, if you're strictly familiar with the New Testament, you need to go back and read the Old Testament or look through it, or it would be good if you did. Because in this case, it refers, and some of the past scriptures we have dealt with with Daniel, refer to the righteous and the righteous people in the Old Testament. It's not just who us, us who believe in Jesus Christ, but it's those who believed and worshipped God and loved him in the Old Testament. But anyway, just throw that out. It, it's, it's good to have hope. I agree, Robert and, and Steve. Excellent. And Steve? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're going, going through this because... Um, wisdom and wise, it appears a number of times in the book of Daniel, and especially here toward the end, 
Um, and wisdom is equated with hope. And it, it, here's wickedness. The wise and the wicked, they're juxtaposed in, in, verse, in verse 10. Uh, many will be purified, may spade spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. Uh, none of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. Now, if we go way, way back to chapter one of Daniel, one of one, chapter one, verse 20, we are told that Daniel, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, Daniel and his friends, he found them 10 times better than the magicians and the enchanters that were in this kingdom. So they've established Daniel as in the wisdom, on the wisdom side, the wise side. Um, but also part of this is, is sure, this was, this was written um, and especially relevant and quite popular during the uh, Seleucid uh, tyranny of, of the Jewish people uh, around 180 BC. But, for, but also in that, in that verse 13, there's that talk that this is an ongoing battle. Every, every generation is going to have to contend with, with wickedness and meet it with wisdom. And in this case, you know, the wisdom of God. The spiritual battle is a battle of ideas. It's, it's very easy to get caught up in the visions which are, you know, have kings and wars and battles. And does this mean, you know, does this mean Napoleon or does this mean Hitler? And I think, no, it, it transcends that. We're, we're in a battle of ideas. And it's really the idea of, of Christianity, which is at, at, the, at the outset is that life and existence has meaning and purpose beyond ourselves. Um, and, and physical death is not the end. Totally agree with that. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We'll go right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact ManUp at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And this is the No Church Answers Tour. This is the last lesson that we're doing on Daniel. And I just want to clarify with everybody, and we'll get Kyle Trahan in here uh, pretty quick. Um, this was revealed to Daniel at the end of his life. And so Daniel is, uh, he's, he's an old man. And he has essentially grown up in captivity. Uh, is, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he, uh, yeah, he, he's grown up. I mean, he did, since he's been 12 years old, essentially, he was carried, you know, he was carried away. Uh, yeah. And a couple, a couple of things that I had that, uh, that I was thinking about as you guys were, uh, were discussing this, 
The differences between that society and this society is we don't value our elders or this society doesn't value the wisdom or insight of the elders as in days past. And hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> right, right. But it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like to me. Whereas wisdom and acquiring wisdom back then seemed like it was wine. And the older it got, the more aged, the more valuable it, it became. And I, I want to think about, just, just throw this out, um, that I was thinking that truth, uh, it, it's kind of like building a house. Truth, no matter how high you build your house, it's solid. But if you build your house on folly and on just truth of the day, when you get old and look back, all you'll have is a mirage because none of it was true. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and get uh, Kyle Trahan a couple of insights on this Daniel lesson. You know, you mentioned, you know, valuing the elders and, and seeking their wisdom and all. It's, it's one of the reasons I love my job. You know, most of my clients don't become my clients until they turn 65 when they get to Medicare. So, um, you know, I was talking with a, a lovely lady. She was uh, 88, I think it was, earlier today. And, you know, just some of the stories and the, the things that they've gone through that they can pass that knowledge down of, you know, how to deal with certain things, you know, because uh, every generation is going to have their own tribulation, if you will, their own trials that they're going to have to go through. You know, somebody, um, you know, back in the, the 30s in the Great Depression or you're in Vietnam and you're living through that, um, that hell of the day, you know, we all have to face it. And there's, there is just wisdom to be passed on of how to deal with certain things. They've dealt with their, their horrible task or whatever that came upon them, you know, but <clears throat> to this lesson, you know, as I was reading it, I immediately started thinking in the tribulation, you know, as I'm getting into that and the author of, of these books that we go through the, the connect 360, um, really do a pretty bang up job, um, you know, giving some really neat insights. And so I started thinking about, you know, what he was saying here, um, right after you finish the text, he goes into the tribulation, resurrection and judgment little thing here. And he's talking about a conqueror will go across the world. Violence will erupt, uh, worldwide financial ruin and inflation, scarcity of food. A uh, quarter of the world will die, about 2 billion people in today's numbers. Uh, martyrs will cry out, great national uh, disasters will come, earthquakes and darkness in the sky. Um, silence from heaven will come for 30 minutes, then seven trumpets will repeat and destruction, and it goes on and on. Okay. Um, but it got me to thinking, you know, that we do see those national disasters, you know, um, as you mentioned, you know, Louisiana right now is, is greatly trying to recover from that. And, you know, when I, 
when I read stories like this, I kind of try to put myself in that place. You know, we watched that movie Left Behind, and I, I tried putting myself in the there. It was a captain of a plane. I tried to put myself in the cockpit of how would you react? What would you? Hopefully, I'm poof gone in an instant, like we we're supposed to be in the rapture. But you know, if I wasn't, you know, how do you react? Because you know, the people in Louisiana the night of the hurricane went to bed and they looked around their, their belongings and, okay, I've got all my stuff secure. We're good to go. Come on, Laura, do your best. And then it did. And it came in with a, a mighty, you know, fury. And, you know, we have, we have a number of a hurricane bigger than that. And it wasn't as strong as what man can predict, but God can do so much more. So, you know, we say five is our big, well, what if God wants to throw an eight at us? We don't have a calculation for that. And you go to bed that night and you see your belongings, your home and everything. And then you wake up the next day and it's all totally different. Um, you know, going around that area, you know, a couple of weeks after uh, I'll be going back on Friday and it won't look very different, you know, and imagine just all those other things that continue to happen, you know, a uh, third of the fresh water is, is gone, you know, so much more than what we can, what even I can fathom right now after seeing what, yet again, what a natural disaster can do. And to know that my mind can't even really put into to terms to, to myself what that would be like if I was there after the rapture happened. Excellent. Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I was uh, looking back again, uh, and I, I think brief, Steve briefly mentioned this, and it says uh, we go in, we come in from a great vision that Daniel has had into this last passage here about wars fighting between the north and the south. It sounds familiar, but north and the south in, in, uh, in the Babylonian Empire and Israel is caught up in the middle of it. And, and, and like you said, I think, Kyle, the, the real key about this is, is you can get caught up in the outside periphery stuff. But in reality, the, all these visions are about Israel itself and the people of God. And that verse one, which you read, Bill, at first it says, at that time, Michael, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, and that would be the Israelites. And he's talking to Daniel very clearly. There will be a time of great distress, such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until until then. I can't imagine a greater distress than what we've been seeing through the Old Testament scriptures. But according to this, they're going to see great war and destruction, and uh, as Kyle said, maybe a, maybe a hurricane of a, a measurable eight, number eight. But we we do know that that man is quite capable of causing this distress. Remember the atomic bomb in Japan, with the two of them that were dropped. We can, we can devastate a quarter, even half the world with a few atomic bombs by dropping in the center of countries, I would imagine. So uh, the question is, is that distress leaning toward our, our time or in the future of our time? But uh, again, the good part is that the, the angel tells Daniel, he says, the question is not whether or not uh, whether or not there's going to be war or there's going to be disasters, but whether or not your your name is in the book. 
And of course, we've heard that all of us who read the Bible, we've studied lessons on it. And the book, of course, is the book of life. Revelation talks about two books being in, in, in uh, uh, referring to two peoples, the ones who are eternal life and the ones who are shame and damnation. Uh, but it goes even further and talks about, let's see, talks about those, how they will be raised up in the end time. So many of our views on this have looked at, at, at life after death whenever we die. If I die tomorrow, will I be raised day after tomorrow? Or will I be raised immediately up, upon death? But he's telling Daniel here, you go to verse 13 that Robert had read, as for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. And that's, that's very comforting to me. But it, and it also helps if we believe that over other scriptures, other our, our, our faith believes we, we will be raised, but not till after we sleep a while. So there's some great things in there that give comfort. Okay, Bill. Excellent. Professor. Yeah, it's, and, and I think it's that in passage that, that speaks to guys that all of these things are going to come to pass. And it's not up to us to worry about it or do it. Our job and our calling remains the same. Share the gospel, love people, you know, lead in our circle of influence and do those things. Because otherwise we're spinning our wheels. We're worried about things we can't be worried about. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, during this whole time, I've had to constantly remind myself, I don't need to worry about that. Has, has our former pastor Phil says, turn off talk radio, <laughs> turn off the news, you know, because you can't control it. You know, it, it's going to happen. Things are there and spend your time focusing on the things you need to focus on. And, and I think that's one of the really call outs of these last six, seven weeks now with Daniel where we've gone through not, is that about right? Six, seven yeah. weeks, D, Bill? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. The you know, they, the they all kind of blur together yeah. after a while. But, right. it, but I think that's the total message from all of this is that is it fun to study? Yeah, okay, somewhat, maybe, perhaps. But the calling is to really live our lives and do the things we're called to do not worry about those things that we cannot worry you know the angel even pretty much tells daniel but you daniel don't worry about this <laughs> you know you're going to live your life and you're going to get your reward right. and i think that is you know as for you go your way till the end i'm sorry that's what it says you know and at the end of days you're going to rise to receive your allotted inheritance. By the way, this was one of the first uh, um, mentions of resurrection in, Ju in the Jewish literature. This is one of the yeah. ones that, that actually came up and where they started talking about and started building the theology around the resurrection. Within this Excellent. Side. I, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of you brought up a good point, Robert, uh, circle of influence. I was at the store wearing my mask, being socially distanced, 
just trying to buy something real quick. And, uh, and someone turned and said to me, could it get any worse? Because the line, checkout lines were long. There was only a couple of registers open. And, uh, and I looked at them uh, and said, it absolutely could. So definitely count yeah. your count your <laughs> blessings uh whatever it is it absolutely could get worse and i think one of the man lessons particularly from daniel uh he didn't have a great time he was in captivity he made the best of it uh and he never got out of it and i think for us uh being leaders in our circle of influence uh whatever comes up we are to be hopeful and we're to pass that on because what happened with Daniel it it didn't get better in his generation it got better after but but he didn't live to see it and I think that's one thing about it we need to keep in mind that uh you know it may not get better uh in our generation, but let's not bring everybody down. Uh, we, we have to, as leaders, we not we set the tone, and tone is very important uh, for how people deal with crises. May not change the situation much, but it certainly changes your attitude on how you take it. <laughs> and and to me, that's a that's a big deal, uh, and that's a big deal for being a man and being a leader in your circle of influence. So. Well, and your, uh, your, your individual there at the store, you know, this was just recent, right? Yes. Okay. So they apparently have forgotten what March was like when this first began. Right. Um, and you know, you couldn't find toilet paper, you couldn't find meat, you couldn't find most anything that you were looking for. Um, and you know, that is, is referenced here in, in the revelation kind of thought process that food will be scarce, you know, um, just go to a socialist, you know, country <laughs> and ask them how bad that is. You know, can right. you find anything? Does the, oh, the government gives you anything? Well, what are they giving you this week? Uh, some a wheel of cheese. You know, it can get really bad. So they must have really forgotten um, and have a short-term memory. Yeah, they must you have know. because I know this will sound weird. Now, can you buy cookies? Yes. My family, we happen to buy the fat-free or reduced fat, whichever one it is, Chips Ahoy cookies and keep them. We have not seen them in Texas in four months. We went to Wisconsin in July. We brought four packs home. We recently emailed my oldest son who lives in Wisconsin and said, ship cookies because we still can't find them. Now, just to prove Kyle's point. Well, that's rough. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, I'm in no way equating that at all with not being able to find food, but can it get, could, could it get to the point because back when, as Kyle was saying, it wasn't just fat-free cookies. You couldn't find toilet paper. You couldn't find, I, I remember going to a Sam's and the meat cases being cleaned out. Yeah. 
This yeah, was I, this was just a few months ago. Yeah. Guys, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. Remember, yeah, they forgot March. Remember, you know? remember the. I mean, we don't forget. Remember the seventies. Remember gas rationing. Gas I lines. Do. <laughs> uh, remember, uh, yes. remember, remember, odd and even days. Remember interest rate. Remember, uh, you know, yeah. people say, "Oh, I, I can't buy a house now." Interest rates at 17 percent. Remember that. Uh, remember stagflation. All we, this stuff, and you have people complaining that you know, oh, I can't get, you know, I can't get a, a roll of paper towels for two weeks. Um, it's, it is, it is, you see that to me, every, every generation has its, is convinced it's in the end time. That, it, I, I was going to say <laughs> I this. I mean, there are, thing. there are, there are believers, I should say, there are believers in every generation that think they're in the, in, in the end times. That, right. And, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is the final segment for uh, the Man Up podcast, number 170, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And I have to give a shout-out to the authors of the Connect 360, Faith Under Fire. This was the study of Daniel, and it's by Baptist Way Press. We used numerous different publications, a lot of the Baptist Way Press for our lessons that we uh, do on the podcast. And I agree with Kyle. I think they did a wonderful job on this, on the study of Daniel, which to me, I can, I'll just be quite honest with you, without without the study guide, it was quite difficult. And it would be hard for me to have gleaned as much meaning out of it uh, as I had, had it not been for the Baptist Way Press uh, study guide. I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I think it was outstanding and it, and it helped me uh, deepen my understanding of Daniel, what he went through, but also his abilities and what he showed things that I should do as a man, as I, I deal in my own, in my own world, just like he did in his. I have a question. If you guys want to look just for a moment, a couple of scriptures we were looking at dealing with, um, in verse 7, the man clothed in linen who is above the waters and the river lifted his hands and swore toward heaven. And then you go on uh, to the next sentence. It says the, the length of time before all of this takes place that Daniel is talking about. I know it's not the practical part of the, the man up session that we're talking about, practical application life. But he does mention that the time, the length of time will be a time, times, and a half time, which is usually we, we designate as three and a half years. And then in the last sentence in that um, uh, 
verse seven, it says, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. Uh, you guys have any comments on that, Mr. Robert Theologian? <laughs> my, my, I may just bring that on you. Robert. But, but you, <laughs> you, think that mean, you think that means whenever we're no longer prey or whenever we're out of the, out of the world or something, and then Satan can have his final way? But uh, that just caught me. Well, if, we that's a, you know that's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, I know that the the day listing there is thought of in two separate ways. It's thought of first of all to re- refer to the desolation of the temple that occurred with Antiochus the fourth when he mm-hmm. went and sacrificed a pig on the altar. It is also referring to as the what what we commonly refer to as the tribulation period of Revelation. And whether the saints are still there or not, but it could possibly refer to that because it's definitely referred to the second half of what normal people think of as the tribulation, you know, which is referred to as the great tribulation where it's not necessarily the power of the Holy one is broken, but it's more that, that we can argue about how much Christian influence is diminished in our lifetimes. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But, yeah, but evidently, absolutely. even to the point where we've seen it diminished, there's going to come a point in time where there is no Christian influence. And from the way we read That's it, what I'm think thinking. about it, it it's, it's not only is there no Christian influence, there's no moral influence either yeah. or ethical or right influence. It, it literally well, is everywhere. I, I think there would be some. There, there would be some influence. Um, but it would be the very, very, very minority. Um, it would be the people that were on the verge of saying, you know, Jesus is my savior, but never did it, never truly believed. And then I, I think the rapture will happen and there will be, there will be those people that go, Oh, I get it now. And I screwed up, (laughs) you know, and and, you know, either you're going to lose all hope and and commit suicide, like what we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, or you're going to try and find your way in that new world while, you know, again, I saw a movie, it's been years and years and it, it was somebody that it was right after the rapture happened. And he had read a book or heard of a book, started reading a book, something like that, that was telling about the end times. And he became, you know, like a preacher, if you will, trying to bring people to Christ at that point. And I I do think there will be some of that left. There will be people that finally go, oh, crap, I really messed the boat. If, if you, you know, literally the missed the boat of Noah's Ark. Well, well there's, there's, there's this, uh, you can interpret parts of Revelation, especially get toward the end, that everybody's going to get one, one final chance. I mean, that, that like, it's, it's, in a way, I mean, in, in that way, it's a hopeful book in that certainly there, there is a great conflict but Jesus still wants everybody, as many people saved as possible. I mean, it, it's, it's, and there's a, there's a, a and I really can't, we, I, we, we did the study, in fact, before the, our advent of our podcast, but we did a pretty good study in Revelations. And we, yeah, we talked a lot that. about that, right. that will, will there be a f- one final chance 
like, you know, uh, like you said, Kyle, before, you know, I blew it, but I still got a chance to, you know, jump on the train, the, the train for glory, the, the old song. You know, I, I absolutely believe, and we're, we're getting ready to go around and get some final thoughts, and then we're going to go ahead and have uh, the professor preview our next study. <clears throat> but I, I believe that because what I've uh, experienced in my own personal life, in the micro, that it is going, you're going to have one opportunity uh, in the macro, the whole, uh, everyone is going to get that. And I remember it vividly. I was in the Navy. I was riding a motorcycle and I rear-ended a car. And uh, my helmet was securely fastened on the seat on the back because I, I liked riding without a, mic, without a helmet on. And I hit this car. I don't know. Uh, I went from 70 to 30 to zero in about 100 feet. <laughs> and... I saw that movie of my life, how people talk about that. They see, they just see their life. And, and I just remember uh, I was, I wasn't, I was pretty close to 20 or something like that, how short the movie was. And, but I was still religious to the point that I knew, uh, I knew to pray immediately at that moment. And, I knew where to seek help spiritually. And I absolutely believe as we live this life, each of us individually, and we as a whole society will have that opportunity. And I think that that is revealed in the study of Daniel myself. So, uh, and with that, gonna go around the room one more time and get some final thoughts. And uh, start with uh, Michael Cropper. You would do that again when I turned off my mic. <laughs> okay, no, that's great. Um, listen, one of the verses we looked at, and, and, and Steve may mention this early in the podcast, and that's simply um, uh, verse number nine and 10. Many will be purified. Uh, we're talking about the people who will get eternal life and have eternal life. Many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. And none of the wicked would understand, but those who are wise will understand. Um, we understand. I, I think, and our hope in Jesus Christ is what gives us hope to live each day after day. And and even Christians can lose hope, and even Christians can get depressed. Bill, you, you talked to us about when you were laying in bed after your operation, and you had no one to visit you. Even us, if, if sometimes it gets really just... Uh, very difficult to keep Christ in perspective and, and keep our hope of eternal life in perspective and keeping keep our faith in Jesus Christ in perspective. But if we do that, then the rest of the world is very small. If we keep this, we see the big picture, and you guys have talked about that. And as a man, we have to do that. Uh, we have to keep everything in perspective. Um, this is a practical application uh, that we talk about. Does this picture of eternal life give us a clear or a different view of life in our, right now today? And yes, it does. I mean, in my life, it, it's what keeps me sane. It's what keeps me from getting depressed. Uh, I, I do go through bad times when, when things don't go right, and, and, and I do feel negative, and I, I want to say negative things. Uh, 
but you got to keep eternal life in perspective for us, which is the, which to me was the, the whole brunt of this chapter 12 of Daniel. Uh, we live each day. We try to succeed in our occupation. And this is, again, this is my practical approach for us as men. We try to succeed in our, our occupation. We try to protect our family. We try to take care of our family, even when they're sick, especially when they're sick. We try to provide for our family and we try to help our friends and our loved ones. And, and eat. however, not all of our relatives are particularly lovable, but we still try to love them. So do we keep life in perspective? And Robert alluded this, and I mentioned this to look at the big picture. Don't let small things get you angry. Don't, don't make mountains out of mohills. Uh, don't, if somebody gets your promotion at work or you think they got your promotion at work, don't let that control you. I mean, it's good to get angry for a few minutes. Even Christ said, get angry, but sin not. But, and, and especially if the other person who got the promotion doesn't work hard and you know that they waste time at work, don't let it affect you long. It's fine to get angry. Don't sin and keep everything's in perspective. And that's simply, we, we serve Christ and our hope is eternal life in the future. Excellent. Some final, final thoughts, thoughts from you, uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, on uh, Mike's point, don't uh, you know let the little things get you upset, but it's also don't let the big things get you upset because those yeah. are the ones that you know really come at you hard. You know, uh, again, I, I think of you know my my fellow brethren there in Louisiana, and uh, you know the 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 things that they're going through and. You know, not being angry, not blaming God or, you know, taking the other side of it, it is a tough thing to do when you're in that type of a scenario, you know, and so not letting those big things get you angry is, uh, you know, I think a harder point than, well, the small things come at you more frequently, you know, so holding your anger all together is, is always just a challenge. Um, and, and Steve, was making a point earlier about, you know, when is the, the end times and every generation, you know, tends to kind of think, Oh, okay, well, we're in the end times. Look at all these things that are happening that are going on and these wars or this and that and the other. And, uh, you know, I've got several people that I'm very close with that, Oh, we're, we're in the end times, you know, look at the things that are happening. <laughs> and, you know, I just think, well, you know, just be ready. Don't, I, I don't concern myself as to when that hour will be, you know, from my life, you know, it, it, we could be in the end times. I don't know. It could be tomorrow and we don't get to the next podcast. Um, or it could be a hundred years or a thousand years from now. I'm just not going to let that part of it consume my life. I'm just going to be ready, you know? And, um, just my last little thought uh, that I didn't throw in earlier was, you know, that when we do get into that, you know, trial and tribulation thing, uh, the world will go godless or the majority of the world will. And we are starting to see that today. Um, you know, I saw a video earlier today. I was watching some news clips that uh, there was people burning a Bible, you know, in the streets and sitting there, somebody putting their hands down like they were trying to warm them on the, the Bible burning in a street. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot of that. So 
you know, keep God close to your heart. Excellent. Final thoughts from you, Steve Titch. Um, well, I, I, I will say one thing. Yeah, it, religion is, is fading very much in U.S. and Europe and the, where it had root for you know, a couple of uh, a millennia. Uh, it's very strong in the geographic South. It's growing immensely in Latin America and Asia. Uh, it's, it, it'll be a diff, it'll be Christianity. It will be, uh, it'll be what we believe, but it will be overlaid by a, perhaps some very different, uh, experience of the, of the people bringing that to the faith. And, and it, and it could be quite exciting. And, and actually it, we should look forward to that. And our, um, but I wanted to go back to end to back to the, back to the book of Daniel, back to what you were saying earlier, Bill, about attitude and um, Daniel is Daniel is such an example. I mean, it's an, it's, it's an interesting that he's up there with the prophets because he isn't the huge leader like Moses was, where he led his people right. out of captivity. He wasn't Elijah taking on the prophets of Baal and Jezebel and the kings, or even uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah who spoke truth to power. Daniel... Daniel had to live, like you said, in exile. And what an example that is of living in, 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 in alien territory. And, and I think it's poignant that he was taken into captivity at around 12 or 13. That's old enough to remember your home. Uh, but he, he, when he left Jerusalem, assuming he would came from Jerusalem, the temple was still there. He, well, he could remember... Jerusalem at its, it's not at quite its height, certainly while it was still there, while there were buildings, while the tremendous temple was there before it was destroyed. Um, but he never, that's all he had of home. He, he, he didn't, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't go crazy. He wasn't, he wasn't forever the Carmagen or the battler or the, the outsider, we saw that he would, he would work in the court of Nebuchadnezzar and, 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 uh, and I believe it's Cyrus, the, 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 the Babylonians, the Persians, the Medes. There were lines he didn't cross. He maintained his faith and his practices, even in the faith of, face of persecution, um, and he was always vindicated. This is the thing. He was, he was always vindicated. And, and he's given this personification, I think, for a people very much in need and hope. He's, he's a wise uh, um, man with understanding and certainly with uh, open to spirit and, and revelation. But he's really also an example of how to live in captivity. Uh, and he I adapted. think as you pointed, he never, we don't think he went back. I mean, there is a, there is a verse in Ezra that there was a Daniel, a Daniel who went back with Jerusalem. Well, I'm sorry, went, went back with Zerubbabel, the, one of the first uh, leaders to go back to Israel. But I don't think it was Daniel because he seems to hang around not only in Babylon, but in, in what was the capital of, of the Persian empire, Susa, where he has this vision at the banks of the Tigris River, which is much closer to Susa than it is to Babylon. 
so there's reason to believe that after the Persians conquered Babylon, he went with the Persian kings. And so it's a, it's a poignant story, and we can take away that you can function within an alien society, a society that sometimes may come, against, come up against you. As we read that the book of Esther happened during the captivity, and you know, every now and then there'd be some Persian satrap or some Babylonian satrap and say, let's kill all those Israelites um, because we don't like them. So there we are. I think, I think it's a good example to, to learn how to, how, to live, how to live in an alien culture, yet maintain your faith. Excellent. Great study. Uh, I'd like to go to Professor before we uh, close down uh, podcast number 170 for the uh, preview of the next study. So we're going to stay in 360, um, connect 360 again, and we're going to go from eschatology, the end times, <laughs> to pneumatology, which is the study of the spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, the spirit of promise, the spirit of glory, the eternal spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, all names and titles of the Holy Spirit and his characteristics in what he does. And more importantly, what is his purpose in the life of a believer today? And so this going to be a little more practical. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. That's what we like to do. No church answers tour. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is the man up spiritual oasis for men podcast podcast number 170. And whether you found us on iHeartRadio, radio, uh, pray.com, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, please check out our website, which is at man, man up spiritual oasis.com. <clears throat> leave a note or a comment. We'd be more than happy to, uh, to answer you uh, either on this podcast or when we come up with uh, the new Men Matter uh, segments uh, that you can find as well. A little bit of additional material. We are, should be coming out of our uh, quarantine for this COVID-19, like Robert said before, uh, 27 weeks so far that we've been in it. But we want to encourage you to uh, find a online church service. And if you're, if you don't have one from your own church, find Sugarland Baptist, slbc.com, 945 on Sunday mornings. Experience a traditional Baptist church, one that we're affiliated with. And when the lockdowns are over, in encourage you to go to a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Participate in the small group settings, such as what we have here, and find one uh, that is for men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.